Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, this is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. Today, I have a great interview. I'm excited about this one. He's a, he's an excitable guy. He's a great conversation, a lot of good information. I was actually able to uh, co-present with Dr. Richard Ohm uh, in Chicago for the MPI Sports Symposium back earlier this year. And I talked about a lot of the online and digital marketing and content marketing. He talked a lot about grassroots marketing and his four pillars of what really built his practice. And what I really admire about Dr. Ohm is that he really is a clinician first and a really good clinician. He's an instructor for MPI, Motion Palpation Institute, as well as uh, does some stuff with DNS. And he's just a, a really bright mind clinically, but recognized early on that he needed to get out in the community and network and public speaking and workshops to help grow his practice. And that's what he presented on at the uh, sports symposium on grassroots marketing. And that's what we're going to discuss today. You know, and one of the things I think is happening is that a lot of chiropractors think they can build their practice behind the computer. That does sometimes happen, but really what builds your practice is getting into the community and having a well thought out plan. And that's what we're going to discuss today. There's four pillars to what Rich talks about, but we kind of really focus on two of them and get into that and and just really good information. So I I was excited to have him on and we'll we'll jump into that in a second. But as I mentioned, he is a MPI instructor and they have a big event coming up in September and that is the Adjustathon. And that's at uh, Cleveland University in Kansas City, September 28th and 29th. And this is a master series. This is full spine analysis and adjusting for doctors, uh, for young doctors, for students, experienced doctors. And you got you got about five or six uh, MPI instructors that are going to be there helping you out. So check that out. You can go to uh, motionpalpation.org slash seminars and find information out there. Rich won't be there for for this one, but he's at a lot of them and he's a great instructor, but he's just also very astute at building a practice. I mean, they're booming. He's in Columbus, Ohio, and I think they're up to four doctors in the practice now. And he did it by being a really good clinician, a very good communicator, and getting out there and really promoting his practice and himself and and doing it in a way that's ethical and educational and, and grassroots in nature. And then he's now been diving into the online uh, marketing and getting that going because he's seeing the value in that to have a, a really well-rounded, sustainable practice for multiple doctors. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. It's always fun talking to Rich. I hope uh, him and I get to co-present in the future and uh, he brings a lot of good information. Hey, Rich, welcome to the show. I really appreciate your time. Been wanting to get you on the show. We've met in person for the first time in Chicago earlier in the year for the MPI Sports Symposium where we actually co-presented and I talked a lot about the online world and you talked a lot about the grassroots and I'm a big believer in it. That's frankly how I built my practice to start out with. And so welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll dive into the grassroots marketing. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, my name is Richard Olm. I'm a chiropractor. I got a practice in Columbus, Ohio. We got four docs total in there and, a, and an amazing staff. And so it's, it's been kind of a, a whirlwind of, of growing the practice. 
Um, before I got into, into chiropractic, I was actually in the athletic world for quite a while and in the strength training world. It kind of inspired me to go in and, and start just working on movement medicine. And I just sort of ended up choosing chiropractic at the time because they're more hands-on and you have a little bit wider scope. And so it's, it's been a lot of fun. But, you know, as we talked about when we we're in Chicago, well, you know, once you get rolling, you have to start, you know, getting this engine going. And now instead of just one mouth to feed, I, there, there's, there's four mouths to feed. And so you have to be smarter about your marketing and, and get into that a little bit. So I, I learned a lot from, from your little talk here. And as we were talking before we sort of hit the record button, getting into more of the, the digital space, which is one that I definitely value. I'm just not all that great at it. Yeah, you know, I uh, I think what's happening too with a lot of young chiropractors, and I said this a lot, is they think they can build their practice behind the computer screen. And maybe I'm at fault for some of that, but I don't think that's the way you can really build your practice for the most part. There's definitely some outliers. Uh, I think the way you really got to build it is is through the, the grassroots and, and kind of boots on the ground. And then if you, you know, marry that with some really good online presence and, and digital marketing, then you can have a very well-rounded practice and, and and exponentially grow it and, and free yourself up. And that's the one thing I wanted to have you on here to, to really dive into the, to the grassroots marketing. Yeah. The, I, you know, I, I definitely liked what you were saying before with, you know, you can't build a practice from behind a computer screen. You might be able to kind of do it, but not, you can't create a sustainable or self-sustaining engine. And the, the thing that got me into a little bit more of the digital marketing stuff, even I never cared about SEO I never sent out regular emails. I didn't do any social media stuff for the most part. But I had a patient who is actually one of the people that runs, there's a, a large regional bank here called Huntington Bank. And she's one of the, the digital marketers for that that kind of does a lot of like the, the planning, not just sort of like the implementation. Mm-hmm. And she asked me why I don't do any digital marketing. And I was like, yeah, you know, marketing's dumb and you know, it's worthless and blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And all this, you know, just silly stuff. And she goes, huh. She goes, well, I mean, do you, do you think that you guys do, do good work here? And I said, yeah, I mean, best in Columbus. She, are, you, are you proud of what you do? Absolutely. And she said, well, how many, uh, what percentage of the population of Dublin do you think knows that you're here? And I was like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15%. She's like, it's probably not even 1%. And so she goes, when you think about marketing, don't think about coaxing someone into office, into your office. Think of it as that you're highlighting you know, something that you're proud of or a good product that, that is good for them. It's not that you're just trying to like trick them in, you know, with a carrot to get them in the door. It's like, no, no, no. Hey, we're over here. We're doing good stuff. Right. And so you can use some of this digital marketing you've gotten really good at, but I, I agree with you that it needs to be highlighting something that's already established. So having the grassroots, having the relationships, having, you know, good patient reviews and all that kind of stuff and just taking care of people. Well, then it's easy to highlight with a lot of the digital stuff. No, it's true. You know, it's, you believe in what you do and you're doing good things. It's not about, I think what happens is a lot of chiropractors look at what chiropractors have done in the past on the bad side of things. And obviously chiropractors have done a lot of cheesy marketing and and a lot of unethical sales and bait and switch and all that type of stuff. And I think they go so far to the other end that like, I don't want to market my practice. I shouldn't have to, I should open up a practice and it'd be flooded with patients because I'm the best chiropractor in the area. And uh, that's difficult. If you have that mindset, you know, some people can, can pull it off, but it's really difficult. And, and with good marketing, you're just highlighting, like you said, uh, how good your practice is and what you can do for people. Well, I think you can, 
you can pull that off if it's just one person. Yeah. It's much more difficult if you've got, you know, two, three or four or more. And the other thing is, you know, I didn't do marketing in the beginning for the reasons that you just described, but I think that I would have grown faster had I done so. You're a, per- you're a perfect example of where, you know, you, you did a marketing talk with me and a lot of people nowadays think of me with marketing as well, but I've been practicing since 2005 and I really made my name in the sports chiropractic side of things and working with a lot of high-level athletes. And, and I obviously have motion palpation to thank for a lot of that and being a clinician first. And that's what I always have been. And that's how you are. Like, when, I remember when I told a few of my colleagues that I was co-presenting with you on marketing, they're like, Rich, oh, like the, you know, cause they look at you as like a top clinician and educator in the profession with that. And you obviously built your practice on a skill set. You're not building you know, a house on quicksand. You got a solid foundation of clinical and then you built from there and marketing is just going to really help highlight that. You're not going to have those holes in the bucket that some chiropractors are going to have where they didn't really focus on the clinical side first and get really good at that. And they tried covering it up with marketing and it really doesn't work that way either. And so you can't put the cart before the horse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I you know the, the four components of marketing that I talked about, one, the digital space that you kind of obviously went into depth. Then we did the in-house stuff. Then we did uh, medical marketing and then grassroots. And I think those, if someone wants to have a successful marketing strategy, they have to be effectively doing something in each of those areas. Yeah. So let's, let's break down uh, the in-house first and go from there. What are some of the, the key tips you have for our audience? My key tip that I always tell people, and it's, it's one of sort of our fundamental principles in the office is authenticity. You have to you have to be yourself. So, you know, for some people that's wearing a white coat, right? For for me, that's wearing, you know, a, a polo shirt and tennis shoes or like some skater shoes or something. That's, you know, having, you know, nineties alternative music on when I'm in the in the office. You know, that might be cussing occasionally. <laughs> you know, I, I think that a, a patient, whether they could identify it and describe it or not, I think that they can smell that you're being disingenuous if you're trying to be something you're not. Mm-hmm. And so the, the start of it is authenticity. When you figure out kind of, you know, what your authentic self is, then you're able to sort of pick out colors and logo and music and, you know, do you want it to be super clean and, and white or do you want it to have like different colors? Because everything like I talked about in Chicago matters. And to me, I'm, I'm more interested in, in creating a solid brand than, you know, the, the sales part of it. And my big point in that talk was the better that you do of creating a brand, the less selling you actually have to do. So if they come into the office and there is a very genuine vibe, like the, we have, I would say the best staff on the planet and they walk in the door and when they're actually before they can get in the door, they've interacted with them on, on email or on the phone and they already know that we're sort of a fun loving kind of laid back office. So when they come in, the vibe of the office is very, very congruent with each of the docs. And so then that's, that I think creates a very calm, easy environment that's exciting for people. And when they leave, and this gets into the, the direct marketing part of it, you end up being something that's worth talking about. You know, if you're just a white coat dude with the, uh, the normal, you know, hum-ho office that everybody else has... And they walk in and they're like, okay, the guy seems nice. I don't know. I mean, Justin was okay. 
um, and then they leave and there's nothing worth talking about. I, I think that that is harder to create a buzz there to get any kind of traction in terms of patient retention. And then people walking out and saying like, oh man, you got to go, you know, see this guy, you know, he's great. And then they send their mom in or whatever. Like we have a guy, Ben Kraft, who's in the office and it's hilarious. Like, cause he'll have somebody come in, they'll bring their son in and then they'll leave and they'll schedule themselves, their daughter and their, and their husband like, on the <laughs> way out. Like, you know, cause he's just a genuine guy. So he just kind of goes in there and, and just is himself. And then people just instantly sort of talk about him because he's such, such a good guy. So I want to touch on a couple of things, what you said there. Uh, one thing I've learned is the uh, front stage backstage. It's a concept that strategic coach talks about and it's really the front stage. You know, it's, it's what the people see and what it would be like a theater and a show. You see the front stage, you don't see the backstage, but the front stage is a big part of that experience that people have. And, and it sounds like you've developed a, a unique kind of front stage that's also congruent with the niche that you've uh, targeted. Is, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, yes. But I would say that the, you know, I, I work with a lot of athletes, but I, mm-hmm. I always have to emphasize, I work with the full spectrum. Like today yep. I had two referrals from a spine surgeon and they, you know, she'd had six surgeries. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, I see the full spectrum. And so it's not like, I've decided to play Pearl Jam because athletes like Pearl Jam. It's, it's, I have somebody that comes in from, you know, Brian Siemens, the guy's name. So mm-hmm. he, he comes, he sends somebody in that's a spine surgeon and they walk in the door and this lady happened to be in her, you know, her late sixties and she's had five surgeries and doesn't want another one. Mm-hmm. And she comes in the door and, you know, I don't, I don't know how excited she would be to hear Pearl Jam, but I think <laughs> we had a good, this is literally this afternoon or this morning. We had a good encounter because I'm not faking anything. I'm just standing there in my skater shoes and whatever talking to her. And I think that they relax a little bit more when it's not this sort of like sterile environment where, you know, if we had the the soothing music and the, the small window where, you know, they open it up and close <laughs> it. And we have this gigantic window. It's probably, you know, 10 feet wide, uh, maybe five feet high. And so the staff is just standing there and they, and you know, there's this, this much better communication or flow between the actual people walking in the door mm-hmm. instead of like having that cold, like window. We, we don't want that. We want them to like instantly, you know, feel valued and like we're there to chat with them and all that stuff. So it's, it's good. Perfect. Yeah. That's definitely something I think people need to consider is that uh, overall, like you're providing step-by-step or just a good overall experience for the patients. And it's worth talking about. There's a book called, uh, talk triggers that was written by Jay Bear. And he talks about these different things certain businesses do that trigger the talking of that person. And then referability goes through the roof in those scenarios. And again, it's not just the Pearl Jam music. It's the combination of friendly staff. Like you said, you got a great team around you. You got a good environment, authentic, great doctors, good care, good communication. And, and that just leads to a great in-house experience for the patients. Yeah. I mean, w- one area that I think that we haven't hit on, cause I, I, I agree with all that, like the color on the wall, the logo you have, you know, how the staff dresses, the music, everything, how clean everything is, mm-hmm. all of that matters. And then of course, you know, the experience of the doctor matters, but one area that I, I, I think uh, has helped us out quite a bit is giving a very thorough explanation of what is going on and why, even to the point where I will go over an MRI that, that I didn't order with them because they're like, I don't know. He said my back's got arthritis in it. 
<laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, let's open, let's, let's pull the CD up and let's look at it and let's explain what stenosis is or, you know, what a disc injury is. And then they leave informed. And if you're going to have somebody, if you want them, let's say, you know, this particular patient, I mean, it's unlikely that we're going to, you know, quote unquote, fix them in six to 10 visits. I mean, she's had 30, 40 years of pain and she's got motor weakness at multiple levels. And, you know, so it's going to be a complex case. So if I don't explain what's going on well, and I'm asking her to do some stupid breathing, she's like, what is he doing? Like, I, you know, it's my shoulder that's bugging me. You know, my neck, you know, is constantly in pain. Why am I doing this other stuff? They're not going to do it. So they're not going to hang around. They're not going to refer anybody in and you're not going to fix them. So if you give them a really thorough explanation, I, I, they love it. Like they leave like, wow, I had no idea why sitting hurt my disc. They're like, I didn't know. They just told me my disc is screwed up and I'm going to have pain. That's what they told me. So come back when I can't tolerate it anymore. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> here's why. <laughs> here's what's going on. Here's, you know, simple explanation of the mechanics of the disc. And here's what we can do to fix it or, or improve it. And here's, and here's about how long it's going to take. I mean, they, they leave um, educated and they love it. Do you do any um, training with your staff and your doctors on this type of stuff and making sure that this is reproducible amongst different providers, different team members? We, we probably do more with the staff. Now, that's only so, I mean, when they, if somebody calls in and says, oh, I want to, you know, what's the first visit? You know, and they tell them or whatever. And they're like, oh, my, I know chiropractic is cheaper than that. Okay, yeah. well, does he do this? You know, does your guy do this? And then we, they know about, you know, the McKenzie method. They know about functional rehab. They know about dry needling. They know about joint manipulation. And we've educated them so that they can, you know, genuinely and honestly explain why we're different and why the prices might be more expensive. Because if they just want to get their back crunched, well, then go somewhere else. I mean, that's not, you know, we, we have patients where, you know, we're, we're staying ahead of like some, some chronic issues or they're, you know, an elite athlete that wants to make sure that they're not getting injured. But if somebody just wants just traditional kind of roll in and get their back cracked and roll out, that's fine. Then I don't know if I would pay the difference in price. Mm -hmm. if that's really what you want. But we need to be able to sort of catch those that if they come in and they're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, so you have pain down your leg and you've been treating it with manipulation. Okay, that's cool. Well, we have other therapies in addition to that that we can do. So that we've done education, but it's mostly with the staff, and then the doctors meet up uh, once a quarter, and we just kind of go over stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's not so much me bestowing knowledge on them. That's all of us sitting down as a team and saying, hey, you know, what's kicking your ass right now? What's blowing your skirt up? And so we might have figured out weird things that we're doing. Oh, man, I've been doing this with you know, my radiculopathies and they're responding great. Like we had, we had Michael Shacklock in who's just oh, a, yeah. a phenomenal guy and puts on a great course. So we did that and then we all meet up and we, we discuss, you know, about a month or two after it. So when, you know, you, you know, you come back in the next week and it's either, you know, kick it butt or you're just like, man, I have no idea, you know, what is, what is going on with this. <laughs> um, so we wait until it sort of is watered down a little bit and then we can actually, we can actually chat about it and go, oh, okay, well, how have you implemented it? What did you take out of this? A month later, what did you take out of this? So that's about as close to sitting down and saying, well, hey, here's how we explain things. Mm -hmm. I think some of, the, some of the younger guys, they might have benefited. Uh, like they've seen a lot of them. Like, we'll get into the grassroots here in a second, but I teach a lot around here. Yep. And so they've seen me explain 
you know, spinal stability a hundred times. They've seen me, you know, talk about the squat or they've seen me talk about disc mechanics, biomechanics or the shoulder, whatever, many, many times. And so, you know, without asking them directly, I think they might've learned from that a little bit and, and then maybe taken that in to the, Another thing that we have is like some of the best 250 bucks we spent is it's a, a three foot by five foot wide, like plexiglass dry erase board. Oh, wow. So number one, you don't ever have to clean them. I mean, they just wipe them down and it's fine. Yeah. They look way more professional. I saw them in a business meeting room one time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just with all these different markers, I can draw all these things. And that that is a, a pretty important piece. I probably use it on... of the patients, whether it's a follow-up or not, if I'm changing the exercise, I need them to understand why we're doing this or, Hey, this is exactly what, you know, the, the pressure in your belly is doing. It's pushing against the spine from the front and that's stabilizing it. So your back doesn't have to stay on or whatever. Um, and those are, those are nice and they, they last longer than the normal ones. They look nicer and then they're, they're really helpful for that teaching process. Well, that sounds great. I'll put that in the, the show notes as well, for sure. So before we jump into the last pillar, which is the grassroots, um, what, what's the third pillar of your marketing strategy? So there was digital, there was in-house, yep. there's medical marketing, which is yep. potentially a whole thing in and of itself. Um, and then there's the grassroots one that that was the one that I naturally gravitated towards. And that's the one that's still probably one of our main, main things. Okay. So let's, yeah, let's dive into that. So we've got medical, which is a big one, I know, and that's kind of a whole other episode. And, and then with the grassroots, what are some of the things you're doing in the community to, to really build your practice or what you did? And now you're obviously con- continuing to grow it and, and stay relevant in the area. Yeah, we're kind of on, I mean, we're always trying to reach out to other, you know, other obvious, uh, possible areas. Um, but then, you know, we've been here for almost, uh, this is almost nine years. So okay. now it's a lot of maintaining relationships that we've already established and, and kind of growing other ones and reaching out to other ones. So it, the, it really kind of started with, I, I used to do, or we still do it a little bit, but you know, I got here and I, okay, we got to work races and mm-hmm. that's fine. It's not very time efficient. I think the thing that, that bothers people about grassroots marketing is that it's, it's like planting seeds. You're investing. You're not, you're not going to get a huge ROI in the first, you know, month of, of doing grassroots marketing. Yeah. Then it, it, it's, it's like a, it, it's a summation thing. So somebody will come in and we'll have it like, Hey, how'd you hear about us? Everybody told me about you guys. So my, my doctor told me to come in and then I went to my podiatrist and they said to come in and then I was in the gym and they're like, Oh, those guys are great. And then I saw you, you know, on, on, Facebook or something like that with this, this video. And so then I was like, hey, fuck it, I'll just come in. So then they finally just come in. And so it, it pays dividends later on, mm-hmm. which to me, I'm always playing the long game, right? Yep. That's, but, a, that's a key ingredient. Yeah. So it, it started with the races and those were good, mm-hmm. but then I personally like to present a lot. Okay. And so then I started doing workshops and, you know, they're 90 minute or two hour workshops at gyms in the area and they're, they're they might be for just the trainers they might be just for the clients and so they come in and you know it might be like okay hey we're gonna do 90 minutes on you know how do you warm up for the squat or you know trunk stability or i was an olympic weightlifter so like you know clean technique or snatch technique or trunk stability for you know crossfit or whatever we would do these short you know two hour things and come in there and then 
you, you get to do, you get to kind of walk in and, and then you, you get to see depending on, on how good the, the gym is at, at marketing it. But you might have, I mean, I've, I've done seminars with 50 people there. So I'm doing a seminar on Olympic weightlifting at a CrossFit gym and there's, there was 55 people at this class. Oh, wow. Right. So, I mean, so you're standing there, so then that's 55 people that you get to encounter with. They get to sort of assess, all right, is this guy somebody that I would want to be treated by or not? Mm-hmm. Other than telling them what I do, I'm not telling them like, okay, well, if you, you know, today, you know, I don't give them a call to action, mm-hmm. which maybe is wrong, but like, hey, for attending today, if you want to come in, you could come in for free. <laughs> I don't know. I might, I might be able to do that. I think it's somewhat, I'm not super comfortable with that. So when I go, I just go, hey, this is what I do. I'm down the street. I work with this guy. You know, this is where we're at. This is what we do. All right, let's, let's, let's get into it. So then I, I get in and we, we just kind of go through the class. So those were by far the biggest thing to kind of grow. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, for the CrossFit community, then builds on and lets us get into you know, when we do an event, well, now it's people see us they're like, oh, hey, you know, I, I took your class. That was great or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And oftentimes it's, it's the second or third time that they come in or that they see us or they then feel comfortable to call in. So with the running community, we might have done, um, you know, a community running clinic or something at a, a local running shoe store like, you know, you know, Ask the Doc or something. You're just there for yeah. one night and you're doing this and you just kind of stand there and you chat. And then they just kind of get to know you. All right, cool. Yeah, so that's kind of what I did too early on. I got in with a couple of running groups, which then got referrals to other running groups, went to a running store, got referrals to another running group. And early on, probably 2007 to 2010, I was doing, I felt like I was doing a talk to a running group on a Saturday morning after a run three times a month. And it was just amazing what it did. But I remember that momentum it took. Like you said earlier, you know, it didn't happen right away. This is—it's not going to happen in the first week, the first month. It's—it's it's the long game. What were one of the questions I get from a lot of chiropractors is they don't even know how to get started. Like they're afraid of cold, you know, quote unquote, cold calling people or cold leads. Any recommendations for how you got kind of launched into it, or was it just getting out there and meeting as many people as you can, stopping by places? How did you get actually get started? I mean, I think if if I were to redo it over again, I might do it a little bit differently, but you know, it is a lot of just cold calling and just kind of walking in. So you might just say, you know, if you know, I, you could have your design guy make like a one page thing about like what you are or who you are and you know, where you're at or whatever. And then just walk in, just be like, Hey, you know, I I'm in the area. I work a lot with you guys. You know, I just wanted to kind of drop in and introduce myself. You know, if you want to check us out, you know, here's this, we do seminars. We do this kind of stuff. You could do that. You could just drop it off and be patient and then come back in like a month later and yep. maybe they would have checked you out. This is where, you know, if you have a decent amount of content on your website, uh, maybe there's a blog or maybe you've got good Instagram content or whatever, YouTube content, then a lot of them might, I don't know, they'll say, you know, we'll just check them out and then just see what's on there. Oh, okay, cool. They've got some stuff on running mechanics or the foot or squatting or mobilization or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you go, then they go in there and then they have something to look at. The, the thing that I always say when I get rolling with the relationship thing is, you know, th- this has to be beneficial for both parties. I'm not just, you know, coming in and just handing them business cards, you know, and, yeah. and so they are referring me patient. That, that to me is way inappropriate, but like, that'd be like walking in on a first date and just throwing condoms on the table and be like, we would do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's chat a little bit here. So 
going in and just saying like, look, well, let, let me help you guys out. I'm going to come in and I'm going to do this, the seminar and we'll do this. And we'll kind of hang out afterwards. But there, it, there is a little bit of a quote unquote cold calling. Yeah. I just stop in and it's not necessarily efficient. I knew, you know, running store wise, if you want to catch the owner, you probably want to get there between 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. CrossFit gym wise, you know, there's uh, the lull after the morning group. And then there's also a little bit faster or sorry, right before the afternoon. So you kind of just know when you can kind of drop by. Yeah. A lot of people, you can like interact with them on social media. I mean, it's crazy that it, they're so willing to interact on social media. Like I could, you know, send them a message, like, Hey, I'm a Kyra here. I'd love to stop by. Sure. As opposed to just doing a cold call. So you could do that. Emphasizing the two way relationship that, you know, you want to help them out. Like, look, I'm here and I'll even flat out say, I'll be like, look, that, you know, I, I want this to be beneficial for you guys. Like, you know, I, I know that I'm comfortable with, you know, these things and blah, blah, blah. And I love teaching and, but I want this to be, you know, a two way relationship. So I'd love to just like help you guys out more. Why don't you let me, you know, come in and do a, a seminar or whatever. Like right now we're trying to move in. We've done well with, with CrossFit mm-hmm. and now we've got, you know, orange theory is uh, like a, mm, I don't know, in, in intensity sort of like interval training. Yep. Yep. Very popular. So, but there's like 20 of them in Columbus. You know, it actually started down here in Fort Lauderdale where I'm at down. Yeah. Down I mean, so <laughs> the, the, it's great. Yeah. And so getting out and then just, you know, working with them and just getting to know them. So we're trying to get that stuff kind of set up. Now, are you having your associates do a lot of this stuff as well now, like getting out there and, and holding yeah, a lot of these? Yeah, it's kind events? of a team effort. I mean, the associates yep. are probably getting out and doing that stuff a little bit more. You know, one thing that I would say with either the medical marketing or the grassroots marketing is you have to have regular meetings with your team. Yeah. Because a lot of times the mistake that people make is, is they're reacting to things as opposed to anticipating them. So you should be planning out what you're going to do next week or the week after we plan, like we met yesterday and Mm -hmm. we're planning out, Hey, what do we need to do in the fall? Okay. We're already thinking like, (laughs) okay, we got to have this many. We want to have three seminars at a CrossFit gym. We want to get something with the running clinic. Okay. We got to get in, do something with orange theory. Mm -hmm. You know, what are we going to do with this? So some of it is, you know, taking the, the, the coaches out for beers. Some of it is actually doing, like, you know, a, a seminar there. Some of it is like, okay, we got these comps coming up, whatever. Yeah. All of those things, you have to plan that in advance. And particularly with the medical marketing early on, you just kind of stand there. And if you just opened up, you're like, oh man, I, I need more patience. <laughs> yeah. And you say, oh, I'll go, uh, I'll, I'll stop by the guy. I'll drop a card off at Starbucks. Cool. And then you feel a little better because you're doing something. Yeah. But in reality, you want to like sit down and think like, okay, what are my goals? This is kind of a strategic plan, right? Like actually think about where you want to go. Okay, well, if I want to be here, what do I need to do? And if you're not regularly meeting with your team, which your team might be yourself, mm-hmm. regularly scheduling, you know, sessions, I would say no less than every two weeks, it's going to be tough for you to stay on top of it and yep. be able to catch these things correctly. Because if you're doing it once a month or once a quarter you know, in the medical part of it, or, you know, even in the, in the grassroots part of it, you're like, well, shit, you know, I, I, there's a, there's a race this, you know, in two weeks, it's going to be great. Well, yeah, I mean, if I thought about that three months ago, I probably could have gotten into there, but now I don't have, you know, I can't, I don't want to move my patients or whatever. 
So the, the meeting and thinking and planning is, is, is huge for grassroots and for medical. Yeah. Otherwise you're reactive and it's just not working. Uh, one of the things that I'm working with my associate, I have a new associate now and we're doing, I just couldn't keep up with all of the patient leads that I had. So it's like, okay, Mary would come in and has a fitness trainer and she's like, and I'd be like, oh, can I, you know, talk with your fitness trainer and, and just have that rapport with them and see what we can and cannot do. And, and she'd be like, oh, great. Or Bob comes in and has a golf pro, or this one goes to an orange theory and all these different kind of leads that the patients would provide. I couldn't keep up with it. So we started a spreadsheet called the patient referral directory where we now my CA keeps tabs of all that. I mean, obviously gets permission for us to contact them. And then now my I'm having my associate follow up with some of those that I can't. So it's a little bit of like a warmer lead than maybe a colder lead. No, they're great. And here, so here's what we did with that. Cause that's a, that's a cool idea. Okay. And then remind me, cause I want to talk about uh, marketing for the, the grassroots events that I didn't, I didn't do very well. Okay. So with this, we're just like, man, we have these, I'd write them on our board. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Oh, John Smith, great trainer for so-and-so, whatever. Yep. I'm like, we're wasting a huge opportunity because this patient is already speaking highly of us. Yep. They've already spoken like, man, this golf pro is the best or whatever. So now what we do is we have a form that's okay. part of their new patient paperwork. Oh, nice. And I love it because it, the, somebody comes in and, it, and if we know that we'll say, oh, do you work with a trainer? Do you have a, you know, any golf coach or whatever? Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, I have a golf you know, coach. And I was like, oh, okay, we'll fill this out. We, we, it's important to us that we're keeping in contact with them so that your continuity of care is high. Yep. And so then – we, they fill this out and it's like the name of the trainer or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. their cell phone, their email, where they work. Mm-hmm. And then they sign their name at the bottom. So they're, we're basically, it's kind of like a, you know, a HIPAA release yeah. for that. But that serves three purposes. Number one, it gives us some backing on the off chance, knock on wood, that, you know, they sue us because we talked to their trainer. Right? Yep. We have a document that says, hey, you, you told us we could do this. Number two, they're excited because then they are like, man, these guys actually talk to my trainers, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then number three, it gives us a record of who they work with. Mm-hmm. So what we typically do, like our system in, in the office is, if a patient has one of those, then with the new patient paperwork, that's included. So then I know either I can just text them or email them really quickly at the end, which doesn't have to be a lot. Mm-hmm. I usually send a voice text because I, I ain't got time to type out. Like a yep. 10, 10. So it's a voice <laughs> text that says, hey, you know, saw so-and-so, you know, would love to meet you, blah, blah, this, you know, my email's this, you know, you know, call me whenever you want. Like I want to make sure that we're working together to get so-and-so, you know, pain-free and, and, and moving great. So that's our system. That's good. Uh, yeah, and so it kind of gets distributed amongst all four docs that way. Yep. As opposed to if you were getting the majority of them, that would be tough. Yeah. And I was just, I wasn't following up with it. I was just too busy, but now we've got a team effort around it just like you do. And so we're able to utilize that. And, and then that really gets you going into, uh, you know, having that network around it. And, you know, so many chiropractors think of the patient referral. Like obviously most of our practices are built on our patients referring to us. But if you also have a strong network in the community of people that, you know, aren't even necessarily coming into your practice, but they're referring people inconsistently, that's how you just explode. Well, the other thing is, I, I'm, I think that building relationships, not with you, yeah. is really valuable. So if I can make a connection somewhere with a patient and a trainer or a, a financial advisor 
I'm constantly trying to do that. Yep. I may or may not get anything from that. If I send a patient to, you know, a Jeff Logan, like a financial advisor, mm-hmm. I don't know, he may, he may or may not know, but I just think that that is a powerful thing to do to be the guy that's kind of connecting a lot of these people. So, you know, we've gotten patients jobs, we've gotten them business <laughs> loans, we've gotten them all kinds of stuff from just making connections there. And it, it just creates like, again, more of a bond, I think, with those people. Yeah. Being a connector is just huge for, for everything you do. So. Cool. Hold on. The other thing that I was going to say, I did not do this in the beginning, again, because of my initial hatred of quote unquote marketing. <laughs> I would, you know, and I actually did, I can't remember saying this out loud, but so somebody would say, Hey, do you have any like flyers or stuff for the event? And I literally in the beginning was like, that's, I'm just coming in. Like if you've got somebody go ahead and do it. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, basically I ain't got time for that. <laughs> was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Because now with, you know, the, the digital space, you need to do pre-event marketing. You need to do, you know, in-event marketing and post-event marketing. So yeah. that turns into, you know, flyers, well, this, is, this is digital, but flyers, if anytime we do a seminar, flyers are up in every single one of the rooms and in the, in the main um, lobby, right? Mm-hmm. Then we can, we send out an email to everybody yep. saying like, hey, we're going to the, so-and-so is going to be teaching this thing here if you want to go to this, great. And then we have uh, flyers that go up on social media, couple, you know, like right when we book it maybe, and then the week of. Mm-hmm. And then obviously when you're there, you're doing the stories and all that kind of crap. And then afterwards, that might go in a newsletter or that might go in like a, a recap social media post. So now from one event, all you're doing is saying like, hey, we're doing X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. which feels much more like uh, it doesn't feel as awkward or gross to me as opposed to like some ad that you just throw up and be like, Oh, you know, want to get your back cracked? You know, here's a free exam or whatever. Like that's not my thing, but I think the marketing can be just as effective if you're seeing that. So you're getting that, that multi-layered buzz. I call uh-huh. it sort of piggyback marketing where you've yeah. got the actual event, you've got social media, you've got email, you've got stuff in the office, reaching out to other like posting stuff on like, you know, say CrossFitters in Columbus or whatever, all of that is good because then the result is you get more people there. So in Mm -hmm. some cases we've had it where people come in, they weren't going to that gym. They liked that gym and then they joined there. Well, the members love that. Like, oh, okay. They brought 10 people to this class, right? Yeah. We we charge for all of our classes and then we take that money and we literally like go hang out with whoever hosted it. So if, <laughs> That's I, awesome. if I've got like, you know, an orange, you know, theory, we go in there, we do this thing, you know, we make 300 bucks or whatever. Right, let's just go grab some beers. I mean, food's on, food's on me. I don't want the money. Mm-hmm. I want the, the, the time to sit down and get to know these people to develop actual relationships. No, it's great. And you know, another thing that we do, I'm glad you brought this whole topic up because recently I did a injury prevention talk with a shoe store owner. And so it was him and I presenting. And we put together a, a Facebook event around it. We did a couple other things like yeah, Eventbrite. A Facebook, a fake, creating a Facebook event is another big one. Yeah. And so what, what I found was obviously we got a lot of people signed up through there and we promoted it and we put content in there before. And then we gave the talk and we mentioned resources and, and all that. And then for like a week afterwards, I kept on dripping in like, oh, here's a video I talked about this you know, exercise. And then here's this pre-run warm-up I told you about. And so I was like... I had an audience in there that I was communicating with after the fact and it had some of that 
carryover effect you were talking about. So that's, well, I mean, uh, you know, and here, here, here's what's even crazier. Like, so for some of these events, we will actually do paid advertising. Yep. So like I went from, no, I don't do that uh-huh. to, okay, Hey, this would make more sense. So let's do some social media stuff during it. Yep. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I could just put up a flyer. So if we're going to be treating at a venue, it says, you know, Hey, you know, Dr. Kraft and Dr. Alm are going to be at Validus games this weekend. You know, if you want, if you need to get treated, you know, you know, come on out. So we have people that just come in sometimes. I mean, I've literally had patients where like they'll bring a non crossfitter or non runner to an event so that I can look at them. And then I look at them and I, you know, I, I don't see any value in like half-assing the treatment. I try to fix them right there. If mm-hmm. I can do anything that I can do. So if I can get them feeling a hundred percent better right there, I do it. And so, but I've had people that have turned into patients from p- current patients that are athletes that are at an event that, you know, this, this patient doesn't even do like, <laughs> they're, they're like, you, can you look at my mom? Yeah. Bring your mom. I don't care. Like, What's the charge? Zero, nothing. I don't care. Just I'm at the event. I'm treating whoever's there. doesn't matter. And then they just kind of come in and do that. So I used to just do that. But now highlighting that we're going to be there has increased the volume of people that show up. So now when you're at the event, you're not just kind of standing there twiddling your thumbs. You've got consistent action on the table, which then stimulates more action to get over there and be like, oh, let's see what those guys are doing. So that's, that's great. The, the during is fine. And then the, of course the post is, is great. And you can do that with, you know, the, the follow up with the, um, not the blog, but, uh, email, Facebook. Yeah. Newsletter. All that's great to follow up. I'm a big believer in the crossover between having an offline event and using online to promote it and follow up. It's just a great combination. I remember when I used to, in 2006, when I first started doing events and talks and public speaking, I was like, there was none of that. You know, like I remember I had to direct mail people and fax people to see if they wanted to come to the office for a talk. Like it was treacherous. <laughs> oh, it's so, I mean, the, and the specificity, you can go yeah. crazy. You Definitely can go nuts with that. So that's, that's a whole other thing that I'm sure you've covered quite a bit. Yeah. And you know, when you're doing a, a um, an advertisement, you know, initially I'm like, okay, I'll make it for a 50 mile radius. Well, that's so now I'm like under 10. Yes, for you know, sure. Like, yeah. And that's, that's kind of certainly one of your specialties. Do you guys do anything with corporations, corporate talks or anything yes. on site? I would say corporate talks have produced the best ROI. Really? Nice. Yeah. Just cause you show up, I don't yeah. know. And I, I do a talk. I have dangers of desk work. So we Good. talk about, you know, uh, sciatica, we talk about carpal tunnel, we talk about chronic headaches, mm-hmm. we have fads in the fitness industry, and then we have nutritional myths. Perfect. So we kind of come in and they're just 20 minute talks, um, yep. just kind of roll in, I guess, to go through other talks that we do. Those are big ones running, uh, how, you know, preventing running injuries. So that might be at a running shoe store or, to, or to, um, a lot of times at a big corporation, they might want that. Yeah. Um, I have a TMJ lecture that I'll do with dentists. Okay. Um, that's usually the staff. And so nice. those are, those end up being pretty good. Not, not to bleed into the medical marketing, but I used to try to do that. Like, you know, what is functional training or what is active release technique or whatever. 
now I realize that what the, you just want to get in front of them and chat with them and they want to say, oh, okay, he's not crazy. Um, <laughs> he uses normal medical terms yeah, and that's fine. So I don't do any presentations there. Yeah. Occasionally I might have like an OBGYN mm-hmm. office and they want to know about, you know, you know, pregnancy and, and the pelvic floor or, you know, what, you know, going through that whole process does to the core and why a lot of women get, you know, non-specific low back pain. So I might do something like that. Those are much more rare. So we're by far the most of the workshops, then we'll do lectures and then we like, sorry, uh, four gyms. Yeah. And then we'll also do, um, the lectures at corporations. The other thing that I do because I speak on the strength training circuit Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to be, to get more use out of this, this content that I spend hundreds of hours working on, yeah. I will do, I'll rent out a room at like, you know, one of our really nice recreation centers around here. And then I will do that talk for anybody. So we'll market it to all the CrossFit gyms in the area, to all the training, you know, the, the, the fitness studios and the yoga places that they can come in and they just see me. I just go through my talk. Right. So sometimes there's 20 people at it, which is still great. I'm, yeah. It's the same thing I've already done. Either I'm really sharp because I already did it uh, at the big venue or it's a practice run for me to get, you know, to do better at the big venue. You know, if the topic's right, I mean, I probably had 150 people at one of them for a talk I did about you know, CrossFit friend or foe. Oh, man. This is great. <laughs> I mean, so then they come in and um, I had a bunch of physicians that showed up and, and, and those, awesome. those, oh, it's great. So those can be good and those are nice because all that is, is is a little bit of marketing beforehand, you know, renting the venue, which for two hours is, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever like that. Um, Then you just have this nice venue, just kind of hang out there and and you just do that stuff. It's great. That's awesome. And I think one of the key things that we need people to take into consideration here is you just got to get in action. I think that's the thing that people, I talk to so many chiropractors and I'm like, oh, you know, what's your community outreach look like or your whatever, you know, public speaking. I was like, oh, I did it a couple of times and it just didn't work or I haven't done one in a few months. And I mean, that's, that's the reality for a lot of people and it's just not working. It's not going to, not going to work that way. Well, consistency and playing yeah. the long game. Then the other one was, you know, be um, anticipating, not reacting. Those are the three areas that I think people are kind of messing up. Either the walk in and, and chat with somebody is difficult So try to think of a reason to go in there. It might just be like, Hey, I'm in the area. Here's this. I don't want to take too much of your time, but you know, we work with a lot of people, you know, that I think you guys work with. So here's this, check us out if you want. Mm -hmm. And and I would definitely with trainers, I would say, Hey, if you want to see what we do, like, you know, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a couple sessions for free just so you can see exactly what we do because we're different. And then that, that's a, a very strong call to action. Now, giving somebody free care, they're usually really crappy patients. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they come in, they suck, they no-show a couple times, but then they refer a bunch of people in. And then so <laughs> long-term, it's worth it, Yeah, especially if you're just starting. Like, so if you bring on a new associate, I think that if they work an event, there needs to be, you know, the, the first, the assessment's free. And I don't yeah. mean that in a Cairo way where well, I'll do a little bit of one, but if you really want care, then it's the full, no, fuck it. Just do the whole thing, waive the 55 or $155 thing, take good care of them, 
take the hit and then get them in the door. And then if you, if you're doing your good job with, you know, the digital stuff that you and I talked about before we started, we're doing a good job with the in-house stuff. Then that person will turn into a producing patient, which is great. Which is, it is. And, and I think, you know, what I love about what you're doing is obviously you have a growth mindset and you've got a full well-developed practice now. And I think any, any chiropractor can do that. And it does take the four pillars that you mentioned. And so just to kind of summarize that, it's obviously the online stuff, which we didn't get a whole lot into, but we touched on it because it does piggyback the offline. Two is the in-house. Three is the MB marketing again, which is a, a whole other uh, probably hour and a half podcast and sure. then and then the grassroots and if your practice is doing that that's how you're really going to get a lot of momentum and just grow really a great practice so uh, i appreciate you coming on the show today and, and diving into that it's been a been a pleasure uh, workshopping these ideas with you over the last few months as well yeah i'm excited to to put to work some of the stuff we talked about beforehand so i've I, uh, I've certainly got gaps in my marketing strategy so i'm always looking for for knowledgeable people to to take some stuff and implement into the practice. Yeah. I think we all have gaps, even if you're well-developed. I know for me, you know, I dove so much into the online the last four or five years. I sat back like a year and a half ago and say, oh, I think we're slipping on the community outreach and getting out there. And we were, and then we got back into it and we noticed an uptick. And so you gotta, you gotta have be firing on all cylinders. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's and, and that goes, uh, you know, tying it back into the meeting regularly, thinking about what you're doing. So I have a staff meeting every two weeks. We have a medical marketing meeting every two weeks, and this is with different people, of course. And yep. then we have a grassroots meeting every two weeks. And so those are things that we do to make sure that we're staying accountable. Because early on, that was tough. We'd be like, all right, well, let's let's do this, and then a month later. Or maybe we missed that meeting because we were only doing them once a month. And then it's two months later, we're like, oh, hey, what did we ever do with those emails? Oh, we didn't do it. Oh, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's do that now. <laughs> and then two months go by again and nothing happens. Yeah. So the accountability is huge. And being able to, to anticipate stuff has really kind of helped at least keep the wagon going. Definitely. Well, I really appreciate your time today, Doc. I think this was great information and I hope it spurs some chiropractors along and to have a plan, be consistent with it and make sure you're uh, just getting out there as much as you can. That's no problem, man. Keep, keep it up. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. Please be sure to check our redesigned website at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Stay up to date with our blog where content is regularly added by Kevin and guest contributors. You can also access our library of podcast episodes there. Go to www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com and subscribe to the podcast today. This is the podcastfactory.com.